Dustin Five Star here, letting you know that Memphis Wrestling is back in its old time slot every Saturday at 11 a.m. Instead of turning on your TV, tune in your radio to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. It's the only radio show in Memphis that brings you wrestling talk every single week. Listen to me and my tag team partner, Kay Cerrito, talk pro wrestling on the radio with some of the biggest names in the industry during the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. Guarantee you never miss a show by listening on demand at CerritoLive.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts and take that subscribe button to Slap City. Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and pop-pops. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's a modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every week at locations all over the Memphis area. For more info, visit CerritoBingo.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now play Cerrito Bingo every Friday night at the Memphis Made Tap Room and every Sunday fun day at Laughlin Yard. Live from Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, Tennessee, it's time for Cerrito Live. Here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Salutations. We are live from Hyattop, Mount Moriah. Welcome to Cerrito Live. We got an action-packed edition of the program uh, for you today. As always, I'm Kevin Cerrito, joined alongside CJ Hurt on the other side of the glass, uh, making stuff happen here on this Saturday morning. We'll be with you until noon today, of course, at 11 a.m. every week. Memphis Wrestling is back on the airwaves. Instead of being on television, it's on the radio right here on this program. It's the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. On today's Wrestling Hour, you do not want to miss this. Uh, the uh, We have two WWE Hall of Famers joining us today. The Birdman, Coco Beware, will be with us. And the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, are both our guests joining us live in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll also give away some tickets to go see Ray Mysterio Jr. in Memphis. Ray Mysterio here next week in the Bluff City. we got a pair of tickets we'll give away on the show uh, during the wrestling hour um, as well. Kevin Leip usually joins us to tip off the show with some Kevin Sanity. He will join us today. Whew. What a week for the Grizzlies. Ten in a row now. Uh, CJ called Greg Gasson and Eli. I'm sure they're really excited uh, for this because they've got 10 in a row, 10 losses in a row for the Grizzlies. Eli is actually preoccupied. He's getting ready for the hustle game. And I think Greg is on call tonight for Tigers game. Tiger Not basketball. Not one of my answer. Yeah. For the Tigers basketball game. Yeah, Tiger basketball. Is it one tonight? I think they play like a, like a four or something in the afternoon. I don't know. Because uh, that's not the Tiger game people are focused about today. That is the football game, and we're about to talk about that. So anyway, Kevin Leip will join us around 1030 uh, today to talk about ooh, this wild week for the Memphis Grizzlies. The losing streak continues, and we'll get into all of that. But we are going to start the show this week with a little reunion here in this holiday season. My former co-host on this program. Uh, you can watch him every morning in Jackson, Mississippi. His name is Marcus Hunter, and he joins us now. Hunter Boy, what's up? Yo, 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 what's going on, Cerrito? How you guys doing up there in Memphis, Tennessee? Doing great. Okay, so where are you, first of all? Because it sounds like I can hear something in the background. What is happening? Okay, let me take my headset out. But you know this every time um, not to have your headset on. 
Well, no, the head, no, it's a brand new headset. It's supposed to be like oh. really, really good. But um, okay, so I'm actually standing in front of the Mississippi State Capitol. Um, I'm actually working this morning, filling in on the weekend. Had to anchor the show today, and now I am at the American Heart Association Heart Walk. And uh, you know, people are coming in. They're finishing up their runs or their walks, and you know, it's kind of a big festive event out here in Jackson. The weather's beautiful, so why not? Right, we have the St. Jude Marathon happening uh, today in Memphis. So shout out to anybody stuck in traffic right now uh, in in the Memphis area, and especially big shout out to anybody who's who's streaming the show while they run uh, the St. Jude uh, Marathon right now. Uh, so yeah, that's happening uh, here in Memphis. All right, Marcus, so much going on with college football. I thought it was a perfect time for a little uh, on air reunion uh, today. So much going on. Uh, I don't know where to start, so we're going to start locally with the University of Memphis. Today is the day they have a chance to win the conference championship against the uh, uh, University of Central Florida. They are playing in Orlando, and apparently here are the stakes for this game, Marcus. Uh, Tigers win. It's the Peach Bowl. Can you believe this? They were saying these words. The Tigers win. They're going to go to the Peach Bowl. They lose. Word is they're going to the Liberty Bowl. Uh, which will be two historic firsts for this program, one much bigger than the other. But either way, uh, it is kind of a win-win because you know this season has been so so great that you're going to end the season in a bowl game that will matter to people locally some way or another. Yeah, it's definitely going to matter to people um, locally. Uh, you know, the big thing is, do you want to win or lose? I mean, like you said, you know, it's good both ways, and the Peach Bowl would be awesome. I mean, like I. I while I was living in Memphis, I never could have thought that the Memphis Tigers and Peach Bowl would be in the same sentence. But uh, here we are speaking that into existence. So uh, that is a big turnaround and a big kudos to uh, what they've been able to do over there with the football program. You know, a few years ago when they decided to invest in football uh, over basketball, everything seems to be working out. And it wouldn't surprise me if Memphis ended up in a bigger conference the next time they start doing a realignment because uh, football is doing so well. But I think that um, if you're a Memphis fan, you would rather them win this game and go to the Peach Bowl because obviously that's going to give the university um, much more uh, eyes on it. You know, more people are going to watch the Peach Bowl. Uh, it is a big New Year's Day Bowl um, that uh, around that day that a lot of folks are going to be into. And then it's in Atlanta. And I mean, I mean, if you're a Memphis, if you're a Memphis, sure, it'll be nice to see the hometown team playing in the Liberty Bowl. However, I mean. Why not bring in the new year in Atlanta? That'll be pretty fun, too. So I think that, again, like you said, win-win for everybody. But I think more Memphis fans probably want them to win this game so they can get to Atlanta and also have that uh, championship under their belt, something that have the Tigers ever won a conference championship in football? They do not have an undisputed uh, football championship. I do do not believe that. At at this moment today, in a couple hours, that that fact could definitely change here. It's an early kickoff, 11 11 a.m., uh, against Central Florida. No, it's without a doubt, Marcus, you want your team to win every game, right, all the time. And uh, this one in particular, like the Peach Bowl, that is something that that is going to be out of reach uh, for you thought was totally out of reach because the goals previously, like I remember, Marcus, you would sit next to me and we would talk how cool it would be for the Tigers to play in the Liberty Bowl, that that was your yeah. goal, that was your ceiling, and now that has changed. So, yeah, still, it would be cool to be in the Liberty Bowl because it's never happened before. So let's see it happen one time, right? But yeah. it's definitely cooler than going to play in Birmingham again or going to play in some of these other small bowls that are out there. Uh, but the Peach Bowl, are you kidding me? The Peach Bowl, the Memphis Tigers in the Peach Bowl. So if they win today, they could be at the Peach Bowl. Uh, that will be awesome. Um, and if you're thinking of other reasons why that is, is a better, like the Liberty Bowl, it is, 
there is a negative uh, twist to if the Tigers go to the Liberty Bowl, and that is that you will not have fans travel one half of the Liberty Bowl's capacity uh, every year is usually fans from out of town that travel in for the New Year's week, right? And they go and they yeah. stay they stay at the hotels and they spend money at the restaurants and they go out and they celebrate the New Year um, spending money in this city, uh, putting money, uh, tax dollars into the economy here in Memphis. And if the Tigers are in the Liberty Bowl, that takes away probably at least 20,000 people who might be traveling uh, to Memphis for the holidays won't be able to. So if you look at it from an economic standpoint um, outside of the world of sports – uh, yes, it's cool for the Tigers to play there, but it would be not great for the city. But at the same time, at, at some point in history, you want to be able to, the Tigers to check off playing in the Liberty Bowl off of their list, right? So if it takes one yeah. year and you get that economic hit for one year, then then so be it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're not going to have a lot of people from outside Memphis driving into Memphis to see the Tigers play. You know, people who moved away. They're not going to do that. So. But you will have people. I mean, you will have people. Uh, they will still, you know, be buying the tickets, and it's still going to be great for the actual event. Yeah. But for the the surrounding oh, yeah. economy of the hotels and stuff, uh, not so good. But uh, yeah, so it would definitely be a sellout. So, so Tigers in action today, um, and either the Liberty Bowl or the Peach Bowl. So that's going to be awesome. I can't. It's, it's just that's either one will be fun. Uh, my question, my last thing about the Tigers is what's going on. So Mike Norvell is awesome, right? Why is nobody trying to yeah. hire him? What is your thoughts from Mississippi in Mississippi at Mississippi State? Why did Mississippi State consider him before going to finding an assistant from Penn State, a guy with no southern ties, uh, and skipping over Mike Norvell, who's just a little short drive up the road? Why is nobody going after Mike Norvell? I think that Norvell has not um, proven himself enough, in my opinion, and that's why I think uh, schools haven't gone off, gone, gone after him. And what I mean by that is he's still winning off a of Fuentes player, and so I think you know schools want to know you know what kind of recruiter can this guy be? You know what can he do when he gets his own own players in there? And uh, you know I think it's a combination of a lot of things, and also schools kind of having an idea ahead of time of where and what direction they want to go in. Now, I'm surprised that um, he hasn't received more interest because obviously the guy can coach because if you inherit a team, just because you inherit a team with good players that is in a good system does not mean that that team is going to continue to be good and those players are going to continue to develop as they have. Because uh, remember, Fuente never won an uh, athletic uh, American uh, championship and Norville is uh, about to play for him, an American championship. And so he's already elevated the program. So I think that he should have received much more um, uh, interest that he has. But you never know. The results of the game today could actually change that. Because, I mean, there are still a lot of coaching uh, jobs still out there that are still open. And you never know. I mean, maybe Norvell is up for, you know, a big job. And it wants to keep it hush-hush until after this championship game because he knows how much it means to the university and to the city and to the city to be able to finally get one. But I do think that after this game, you might end up hearing his name associated with more jobs out there than you have at this point so far. Because well, I mean, as you, we know, right. there are still a lot of college jobs available and a lot of other dominoes to fall. Oh yeah, there's going to be there's going to be more jobs available uh, by the end of the weekend. But you're you're looking and you know the Tennessee job is going to be available for the rest of our lives. I think so. The yeah, but, you know, as a matter of fact, I actually turned that job down yesterday. 
Oh, did you? Marcus, you should have taken that. Yeah. I know I know you you know yeah, just moved your family down to Mississippi a couple years ago, but I think, you know, it it, it would have been worth it. Uh but anyway, no Central like <laughs> there's the rumors out. I mean, the, Nebraska it really wants Central Florida's coach who has just as much uh uh, to me, like a similar resume as Mike Norvell. So I, I'm kind of like Central Florida's coach probably bouncing to Nebraska, uh, or it seems like Nebraska wants that to happen. So I, I I don't know. The whole talk about red flags and stuff with Norvell, I think all these teams hiring coaches, especially in the SEC, they're, they're making a mistake by overlooking him because eventually Norvell will get a different job and uh, they will regret not hiring this guy because he, he is – proven on and off the field to be the type of guy that you want leading your football program. So let's run through some of these other big college football stories this week, Marcus. We'll go to your uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. They had a pretty quick, easy uh, hire as they went from uh, wanting more cowbell to wanting more head, and uh, Moorhead is the new coach. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they still want more. Cowbell with more head. Yeah, I like the uh, new T-shirts, the M-O-O-R Cowbell now. Yeah. Uh, it's great that um, he is um, going to be down there in Starkville. And the fact that Mississippi State moved so quickly to make this hire tells me that uh, the athletic director, John Cohen, already had uh, an idea that Dan Mullen could be leaving and he was not going to put himself in a position where uh, they were going to be caught off guard. And, um, you know, obviously doing his due diligence uh, over the years to make sure that he had someone in mind when that position came came open and came, became available. And I think that uh, going with more Moorhead is a pretty good hire because you don't change the offensive system that much because the system they run in Penn State is a spread run option, which is um, similar to what Mississippi State runs, but more explosive. So I think that's one of the reasons why uh, they went with Moorhead because, again, uh, the similar system. And also, you know, he's from the Northeast, sort of like Dan Mullen. And, you know, they had success with Dan Mullen. And why not continue to try to keep the Okay, come on. No, no. The Dan, Dan Mullen was at Florida, though. Dan Mullen was in the SEC. He had been recruiting true, the same true. type I'm of territory. Where he's from. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, are you concerned? And it's a great hire. We'll see how it goes. I mean, they went after a hot assistant coach uh, and a guy who seems to have potential, but he has no Southern ties. Is that something that concerns you, SA Southerner, and uh, bringing in somebody to the SEC? That's always a complaint. To me, I want. Uh, my coach, a coach of every SEC team, to have a Southern accent. But um, what are your thoughts on no Southern ties for Moorhead? Uh, I mean, my thoughts of that are the most successful coaches in the SEC haven't had Southern ties. I mean, Urban Meyer. I mean, you know, he wasn't you know wasn't a Southern guy before he went down to Florida, and you know, you, you see all the success that he's had. Um, Les Miles, uh, Nick Saban. I mean, you know, so. Just because you're from the South and you understand the South doesn't yeah. mean anything. But I will say this. Moorhead no, but not, not just that, Moorhead. but SEC connection. So either have the Southern accent and be from the South, but have some type of connection to the SEC. Yeah. Well, well, well Moorhead has said that, uh, you know, after hiring his first assistant coach that he's already hired, who was actually the number four uh, ranked recruiter in the nation, uh, by the way, uh, he, he, he hired that guy. But after that, he said he's going to basically build his staff with people from Mississippi or who have Mississippi ties. So I think that he understands that he's, since he's not from this area, that he needs to have people who really understand this area on his staff. And those are the type of people that he's going yeah. to start going or that he's already going after to fill out his staff. So I think he gets it. And um, because he gets it, I think that he's going to be okay and that they're going to be okay. And, and it's not necessarily this. This sometimes it is better to, to, to branch out and look outside of your, your comfort zone and your, and, and, 
because there could be talent out there because like what they're doing at Tennessee, I think is, is just preposterous, absurd. They were about to hire so many coaches in the past week. We don't have time to go through all of that, but they have ended up firing their athletic director and hiring Phil Fulmer as their athletic director, which I think is, is a huge mistake. Now, Phil Fulmer, the greatest coach in the history of the University of Tennessee football program, but he is in 2017, you don't hire the good old ball coach to be your athletic director. You need somebody who knows how modern-day athletic programs are run and operated, and I don't think I have the confidence that Phil Fulmer knows how to do that. Um, I wouldn't if I was a Tennessee fan by hiring their buddy and the guy who does have Southern ties and SEC ties and Phil Fulmer. What do you think about the chaos going on in Tennessee? They now have a new athletic director. It was their former coach. They were about to have Mike Leach, and I was cool with that. Uh, it's just a mess over there in, in Knoxville. Yeah, man, it's really bad, and I think that um... – you know, the uh, the whole thing with Greg Schiano, um has really hurt Tennessee with other potential coaches, in my opinion, because they're, they're going to look at that and see how the whole situation was handled. And you want to go into a situation where you feel like everything is organized, uh, things are going to be handled the correct way, and you don't have a whole lot of uh, misunderstandings about things that are going on. So I think that what Tennessee has has ended up doing is really hurt themselves, and that's why they're not able to find a coach right now. And I think, unfortunately, Tennessee is going to have to go through probably a buffer coach. <laughs> you know, they're going to just have to get somebody that can hopefully get them uh, to win some more games. However, if the guy in two or three years is still hovering around six to five or seven wins they can get rid of him and try to bring in somebody who may be the hot name then. But I think at this point, Tennessee has done so much damage to their reputation that they're going to have to, that is going to cost them for a few years before they can get back to what Tennessee wants to be. I think eventually they will get back. Whether or not Phil Farmer is the guy. No, he's not. I don't know because you should have never fired him in the first place. I mean, you know, it's almost like you're admitting that you should have never fired him by hiring him to be, the um, athletic director. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what they were doing because they were about to have Mike Leach. Wouldn't that have been a good hire? Don't you think you're saying they need an interim coach, a guy to fill in the, in between the spots? But Mike Leach, he is that guy who feels like an SEC coach. He's a guy who, uh, and you know, Tennessee loves these guys like Bruce Pearl who will rally the troops. And yeah, and, and he's a good coach, and he's coached everywhere he's gone. He's coached up from that team's potential from Texas Tech to now where where he's at in Washington. So like it's, uh, I thought that would be a good hire. Wouldn't that have been a good hire? They would have saved the day. And you have Mike Leach as your head coach, and it would have been a fun couple of years, even if it ended up not working out, even if he ended up uh, doing something uh, to get in trouble. At least you got through this little stretch with your fan base. Everybody, I think, in the fan base would have been satisfied with that hire. I don't think there would be many. Uh, your fans would have been happy, and you possibly uh, could be you win and win immediately with him. So You're right. And, um, I mean, it would have been a great hire. Um had we come to the SEC, this is what you would have had because I mean, I mean, you think about it. I mean, you have Jimbo in the SEC now. So many great coaches are coming to the SEC. All of those coaches can't be successful. <laughs> so what's going to happen is, you know, some right. of those guys are going to come, whether or not they have a great reputation or a great coach or not, they're going to lose their jobs in a few years just for the sheer fact that it's going to be so much competition in the SEC. And, I mean, that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. But, um, you know, Tennessee, I, I don't know what they're doing, man. They have to figure this out because you're right. Leach would have been a great hire for them. 
and he would have also been just great to listen to in post game interviews right. or pre game, you know, just for the uh, post conference or the uh, press conference itself. You know, it would have been nice just to have that kind of personality um, in the SEC. So much, so much coaching uh, changing going on. Of course, A and M has hired Jimbo Fisher uh, away from Florida State, so Florida State now has an opening. It's a good hire for A and M. I don't think anybody has no, there's no reason to even talk about that. That was a great hire. Uh, yeah, right. Justice Fuente may uh, may take that job. The former Tiger coach. I don't. I do not think Fuente's leaving Virginia Tech. I would be shocked. Uh, but do you think they want him at Florida State? I mean, I, I, hell, I would leave for Florida State. Uh, but what's going so then? Today, today you have the, the SEC championship, which surprisingly doesn't have Alabama competing in this game. Um, Auburn uh, coach in there, Gus Malzahn, might be leaving for Arkansas um, after this game uh, this weekend. So that could throw a whole new wrench into the whole wait, coaching wait, wait, carousel. Did you, say, did you say Gus Malzahn may leave for Arkansas? That's the rumor that people are saying out there. What? You have not heard this rumor? What? No, I haven't heard of this one. No. Why would Gus Malzahn You'd leave Auburn to go to Arkansas? Too focused in Mississippi because Auburn's going to want him out in a couple of years. They already He's already oh. kind of on a hot seat until he beat Alabama last week. So just cash out while you can. Sure. You know, when you're at the casino and you keep winning and, you, and you're the guy at the casino, Marcus, and you're at the casino and you keep winning, you're like, well, why would I stop? Some people, they cash out and they... And they, uh, when they can, when they're ahead. <laughs> and yeah, uh, the guy before Gus should have done that. And Gus needs to go. Arkansas is his place, man. He's beloved in Arkansas, right? So, uh, he could get to Arkansas and, and get five more years instead of worrying about, you know, being gone in a couple of years. But that's a, a potential. That's, true. that's potential yeah. of a story that, that is a rumor that is out there that's going on. Uh, Kevin Sumlin still doesn't have a job. I don't know why he's Tennessee doesn't, Tennessee doesn't hire him. Um, doesn't make any sense to me either. Uh, he seems like a, a a good like at this point. Even if you think like okay, he, he's not good with quarterbacks or whatever you think uh, negative about his, his coaching at Texas A and M. Like this point, he'd be a great hire for the University of Tennessee. Uh, and of course, uh, last thing we're of course on the home of uh, uh, the Mississippi football program. Matt Luke, Matt Luke uh, got renewed as the uh, now gone from interim to full time coach there uh, in Oxford and. Uh, and now, of course, the sanctions and all the all the NC two A stuff came out. They only have one more year of bowl bans, and then they can uh, get back on track. So we're about a year away from, um, you know, the team the team in Oxford starting to to move their way back up the ladder. But it's going to be another another uh, <laughs> not not so fun year next next year. And you, you, and you think that you are not that far away from getting back? Listen, this I is going to be hard. Uh, oh, this is going to be hard on Ole Miss because what's going to happen is Ole Miss, they're losing those scholarships and they're going to lose several of their players um, to um, other schools because those guys can now, or those seniors can now transfer without having to sit out a year because of the two-year bowl ban. And I'm telling you, man, uh, you know, something fishy is going on because look at Alabama and look at where Alabama is in recruiting right now. They're 20th in the nation in recruiting. They only have 11 commits. Why do you think that is? Well, people down here think Alabama is waiting for some of those Ole Miss players to leave the school and they can go and sign at Alabama and make okay. that team even better. So that's one of the rumors that's happening because, again, so many if you rumors. look at Alabama and where they are recruiting-wise, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so many so rumors out there. We can't keep up with all these rumors. but we do. Yeah, and so with yeah. some of these players leaving um, and the fact that um, Matt Luke is inheriting uh, basically another year bowl ban, a loss in scholarships. I honestly think that 
Luke was a buffer hire. You know, we hired this guy. Hopefully, you know, we can have some success. But if we don't have any success because of, you know, the uh, the sanctions and because of the probation and the loss of scholarships, then if we have to let him go in a few years, he will still be appreciative of the fact that he had the opportunity and nobody's going to look bad, and Ole Miss won't look bad for doing so, and they can hire a coach that can come in and kind of move them forward. Almost like what Mississippi State did with Croom, you know, they were under those sanctions and penalties and bowl bans and uh, loss of scholarships. They brought him in for a few years. Uh, he had a good year, then a bad year. They got rid of him and brought in Mullen when everything was a clean slate. So, you know, I think that, you know, Ole Miss obviously would love for there to be, um, you know, a lot of success now and next year and the years after that with Matt Luke, but if that doesn't happen, I don't think they're going to be all that torn up about it. All right, we're wrapping up with Marcus Hunter. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus Double Underscore Hunter. He is Mr. Jackson, Mississippi, Mr. Double Underscore, Mr. Sweet Tea, as they call him um, at the Fox and Hound. <laughs> and now, uh, listen, you know, you, know my, you know my new drink? Half Sweet Tea, half lemonade. Uh, the Arnold Palmer? Is that? Yeah, the so you, Arnold Palmer. Or yeah. do, you, do you call it the Marcus Hunter? Is that what you're no, trying to do? You're trying to get. I'm not, you're trying to, I'm, not, I'm not. Not famous enough yet. Maybe one day when I get. Famous that's what they call it in Mississippi. Go. In Jackson. Yeah, they even call it the Marcus Hunter in Mississippi. I think in Memphis it's called like Memphis Made or something like that. I'm not sure, but no, like what? Memphisians Memphis don't call the, it Honor Palmer. The brewery, CJ, where we have trivia and bingo all the time. Some people call them half and halves, but Arnold Palmer yeah, is, is, the, is the official name. You know what happens when you add vodka to that, right? No. You know what it becomes? The John Daly. It's the John Daly. <laughs> it's the VIP. They call it. They v- call it. Round people call it VIPs around here. There's many terms to it, but if you add, if you had if you add vodka to an Arnold Palmer, it becomes yeah the John Daly. There's a lot of different names out there uh, for it. Um, oh yeah. So anyway, so Matt Luke's the coach. I think that's a that's a smart that's a smart decision um, uh, for for them. And and I think one year. Yeah, you can ask for. It. I think the the punishments. Good punishments uh, for everybody down in Oxford. Get through this. Move on eventually. Um, but, hey, how about that, though? Matt Luke won the uh, Egg Bowl. Did you see that? Uh, Did you see that? Did you get to see that game? I know it was on Thanksgiving. Were you, were you, were you watching? Listen, man, um, at the end of the day, I think uh, Mississippi State was the, the, the real uh, winner. We, we, we may not have the trophy, but. You know, when you take out our star quarterback purposely, in my opinion, you know, if I'm looking to the play over and over again and okay, all right. football and tackling, if you, when you take out the star quarterback and yet the team still figures out a way to battle back to only lose the game by three points, to me, that is a team that just got a whole lot better for next year. That's a team that just had to figure out a lot of stuff on the fly. And yeah. because they were able to do so and make it a game, it's going to be great for them going towards next year. Remember the last time Mississippi State was in the Liberty Bowl, I told you that year. I was like, this team is playing really well right now. Next year is going to be awesome. That next year, they were number one in the nation for five weeks. So I'm already calling it. Because yeah. of what happened against Ole Miss, it's going to be great for Mississippi State in the end. We, he, already, he already had – I mean, Dan Mullen, your excuses, Dan Mullen already had one foot out the door already. Uh, and uh, probably, More than likely. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right, Marcus. Thanks. It was fun. Uh, we'll catch up again soon. It's going to be a fun uh, bowl season. Uh, everybody follow Marcus at Marcus double underscore Hunter. And if you're driving, driving through Jackson, uh, watch him in the, on the, on the TV. Thanks, uh, Marcus. Cool, uh, next time I'm in, uh, next time I'm in Memphis, uh, maybe you guys let me come in the studio. Come in. You, you have an open invitation any week you want.
All right, appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys later. Call it back. All right, thanks, Marcus. That is Marcus double underscore Hunter. So lots of college football news this week. Also Grizzlies. We're going to get into the, to Grizzlies talk with Kevin Leip here uh, momentarily. So don't touch that dial. You are listening to Serena Live here on Sports 56 at 87.7 FM. Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that might be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions and stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, rehearsal dinner, reunion, seminar, retreat, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. CerritoTrivia.com. 